0: What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam Kalal, and we are Atlanta Zone, two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports, wacky ass hijinks, and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir?
1: Honestly, Graham, I don't say this much. Couldn't be better. You say it every once in a
0: while. I'm usually like, eh, I'm okay. Yeah, but. Pretty I mean, good. <laughs> Couldn't be better. You're usually in a better mood than I am. I'm great.
1: Yeah, why are you always so cranky?
0: It's like. Come straight traffic. from work and driving an hour-plus in traffic while yeah. you're sitting here in your palace and playing with your puppy and hanging with your wife. What's your point? That you're in a better mood than oh, I am. good I mean, point. makes sense. Uh, but it's also Christmas Eve, Graham. Christmas Eve? the hell are you talking about? Is something happening tomorrow? Yes. What is that? Opening day, Graham. Oh, my God. Opening day for our Atlanta Braves. Yes, tomorrow we're recording this episode On April, Jesus, April, March twenty seventh, twenty nineteen. Opening day is tomorrow, against the Phillies in Philadelphia at Citizens Bank Park, with a matchup between the great Aaron Nola versus the great, quote unquote, great Julio Tehran. Yeah. If it was twenty thirteen, we'd say he's pretty great. Get after it, Julio. Yeah, Uh, I think first pitch is at three.
1: Three o'clock, baby. Believe,
0: even though Fox Sports South will tell you to tune in at two to watch their pregame show, they don't mention that the pregame show. They just say, "Turn on the game at two. and then you turn on the game at two, and you're like, "Well, goddamn it, now I got to sit through an hour of this." Pretty sure they say coverage begins at two, right? But that makes see that's it's false advertising. Though.
1: I don't think it is. Like, oh, I, I saw the same advertisement it's, yesterday, and I I knew it was like, okay, yeah, they're going to do an hour long of pregame. I don't think I'm going to watch all of that, but right. I'll watch some of it, sure.
0: But it's it's just frustrating because the the average man who isn't as savvy as you, Adam, would think. Oh man, the game's at two. I better I better make sure I got my TV on then, my radio on then. I've been called quite a few names in my day, but I don't think savvy's ever been one of them. Well, in this respect, you are. Oh, sure. Because they're inferring that coverage begins, but they're not saying that the game doesn't begin. But they're making you think it does. It's kind of like. But you saw through their lies. It's kind of like sign language. You got to
1: like read between the lines. Sure. Know what the uh, context is to fully understand it.
0: Is that what you're saying, Graham? Pretty much. Like, you are a master at that in this respect. I appreciate that. Yeah. Handing out the compliments today. Wow. After re
1: listening to our show last week, I was so proud of you, Graham. What did I only curse like 47 times? I, th- I think your cursing was down, um, but also just like your reasonable takes. Like, not. Oh, like, yeah. Like, about Julio, about. Um, Acuna heading forth. Acuna Dimitrov, even. The hell did I say about Dimitrov that was positive? (laughs) You said that you were sure that he was working behind the scenes to clear up some cap space. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Which, normally, you say, oh, this guy's just an idiot. He's not doing anything. I could do the job better than him. I don't know if
0: I ever said I could do the job better. Maybe when I was, like, 18 and an idiot, but... I'm still an idiot, but maybe not as much of an idiot as I was. <laughs> but then. a more grizzled idiot. I'm a more grizzled idiot. I'm a more world weary Atlanta sports fan weary idiot. <laughs> it's hard to trust Thomas, but I know he does try. I mean, Jesus Christ, he is one of the longest tenured GMs in the NFL. Yeah, he's he's put respectable teams out there. He's doing something right. Yeah, I mean, you can shit on him all you want for never being able to draft a quality offensive lineman outside of one year in his mm, <laughs> ten plus years he's been with us, but. He's fielded multiple playoff teams and an NFC championship winner. Yeah. So, you got to think he's not the worst GM in America or anything like that. It's better than we've done. Yeah. What the hell have we done? Yeah. We do a podcast for free and put it out to the world, and that's about it. That's the only thing we can really hold on to. That's all i got going. Yeah. So... What do you want to jump into today, Adam? I know. How about the Atlanta Braves, Graham? Let's and do our I, Atlanta I, Braves 2019. I need some
1: more energy from you. You're just over there slouching, looking at your smartphone. I'm tired. I'm looking at my notes. You all right? you, <laughs> I did some preparation. Okay? I thought you said you didn't do any preparation. I lied. Oh, wow. Okay. Maybe that's why you're so tired, all your prep.
0: Yeah, all my prep. I squeezed in like five minutes today. So, yeah, let's jump into our official Atlanta Braves 2019 season preview which I doubt is going to be as extensive as our 2017 Atlanta Braves season preview. Well, we've gotten better. We know how to be a little more clear, concise, yeah. thought-out thoughts. We don't need to go through every single position player. Right. That comprised, I believe, about three hours. It was split up into two episodes. It was ridiculous. Yeah, that was brutal. And if we don't get into it soon, we're going to end up doing let's the good same thing. Let's so get let's, started. Let's, uh, brevity is the soul of wit, let's, as a wise man once said. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Maybe you heard of him. Uh, I think his name is Alex (laughs) (laughs) Anthopoulos. Oh, yeah, I've heard of him. He is very wise. All right, let's jump into it, Graham. All right. So, as we all know, the NL East has made a flurry of moves in response to the Braves' emergence last year as the NL East champions. Phillies, with their ridiculous spending, trading for Real Muto, signing of Harper, signing McCutcheon, signing Dave Robertson, also adding a couple of pieces in their bullpen to solidify their bullpen. Um, the Mets traded for Edwin Diaz and Robbie Cano. And uh, the Nats signed Patrick Corbin, of course, even though they lost Harper. They still look pretty good. They also signed Brian Dozier from the Twins, big power bat, even though he has a terrible on-base percentage. And on the Brave side of things, we uh, made not as significant moves, although it started off with a bang, obviously, with the signing of Josh Donaldson to the one-year $23 million deal and bringing back Brian McCann, who is supposedly very healthy now. So I think in the grand scheme of things, if you look at the offseason at least, every team made a, at least one major move. And which is probably going to lead to this division being one of, if not the most competitive division in baseball in the year of twenty nineteen. If everyone stays healthy. If everyone stays healthy, of course. But yeah, no, it, it, it should be a bear. Yeah. To get through. It's gonna be it's gonna be tough. And one thing that we know the Braves haven't done is make any significant moves to acquire any pitchers of any sort in the, in the rotation or the bullpen. Uh, pretty much trying out the same guys that we did last year in that respect. Obviously, hopefully we'll get a healthy Darren O'Day, who we acquired last year from the Orioles. But the one thing that I'm I'm most interested in the Braves this year is in that pitching staff. There's a multitude of injuries, and pretty much everything is being put on the back of this young rotation and this mostly – Young bullpen. You have some veterans, as we mentioned, Vizcaino, O'Day, Johnny Venters. but for the most part, it's a lot of young guys in the rotation, of the bullpen, and can they shoulder that load? Uh, at least until you know we make a move potentially for more bullpen help or starting rotation. But we can't think about that right now because the season is on, and this is probably our roster. We're not probably not signing Craig Kimbrell who's still unsigned on the Eva Battle. Um, so that's. That's where we, I think that's where we got to break it down in the sense of, can this rotation do it? Can the bullpen do it? Can they rise to the occasion and emerge? And can they realize their potential? Can a couple of these young guys in the rotation really hit their stride and carry us to hopefully defending the East? And I must
1: say, I, I was pleasantly surprised when they announced the starting rotation that they are going with Bryce Wilson and Kyle Wright who's been throwing the best out of anybody in camp, minus Julio Tehran. Um, And And, and Wes Parsons, of course. And Wes Parsons, who was also on the team. But, I mean, those are two guys that don't have a ton of major league experience. They each got their cup of coffee last
0: year. Um, Bryce Wilson was relatively unknown before last year. He emerged and had a pretty decent run before he got sent back down. Kyle Wright, there's been a lot of hype around him for years. He's been one of the, uh, the prodigies, if you will. Yeah, number the, one draft pick. Yeah, in the uh, minor leagues. And I'm excited, at least, that the Braves have recognized the young talent and have rewarded the young talent, saying, we're, we're, we're letting you go pitch on an opening weekend against, you know, the team that everyone's projecting to win the division and saying, let's do it, let's rock. Uh, and they, they've rewarded excellent play in spring training. Yeah, those two,
1: and I keep getting more and more excited about Max Fried. Mm-hmm. I watched Did you watch him pitch uh, Monday night in the exhibition game against the Reds? I saw a couple of highlights. I didn't really watch the game. So I, I, wa- <laughs> I think he worked two or three innings, and the first inning it was like pouring down rain, just terrible conditions, and he battled through the rain and a Dansby air and didn't give up any runs, and then from there he was just lights out. And you can see that he's added a slider to go along with his curveball. Everyone knows about his curveball. Um, a lot of people rank it as one of the better curveballs in the game. But the slider that he's throwing now comes out of his hand exactly like his curveball to the batter. Um, and it's nasty as well. So for him to go from being a two-pitch pitcher to three-pitch pitcher, and, um, I mean, he just seems like he's got the mentality, he had some success out of the bullpen last year. I'm very excited he's going to at least get the chance at the beginning of the year before full T And Soroka are back to see what he's got
0: as well. Yeah, and I agree. And I think, to me, Freed has always been the dark horse of all those candidates uh, for the starting rotation, those young guys that we hear about. You know, we hear so much about Gohara, who was cut after the first week of spring training. Not cut, but sent down to the minor leagues. And uh, Ian Anderson and all these other guys. But Freed, to me, when I've seen his stuff, especially last year, I was like, this kid— has just major league quality stuff just looking at it from the eye test i didn't really you know he doesn't have enough stats really to warrant at least to me being the average man that i am looking into the advanced analytics but the fact that he's developed that third pitch as a left hander i mean the curveball is already hard enough to hit as a left-handed batter against a left-handed pitcher you add in that slider that comes into the same arm slot that's going to really messed some guys up that he's facing this year. And I, I agree. I think his stuff is outstanding. And if he's improved over the, you know, since last year, who's to say he can't solidify a spot in the rotation? I mean, right now we have so many guys that are banged up with, you know, that we thought were going to be our, our starting five and Soroka, Gossman, and Fulty. Now, Gossman appears to be the closest of the three, I think, from what I've heard in terms of his progression through 50 pitches the other day, which is good news. But who knows about Fulton Fultonavich? It seems like each week it's like he's getting pushed back a little bit. At first it was like first week of April. Then it was middle of April. Now it seems to be late in April. Um, and I don't know about Soroka. I mean, the guy's just had nothing but arm issues pretty much since he came up last year. I mean, he had a good run and then it's like shut down. Yeah, and just distur- training shut down. That's pretty disturbing because it was a
1: shoulder that he had all offseason to strengthen. And then to come back and the same shoulder is still bothering him. I've kinda not given up on him for this year, but I don't have as high of expectations for him now. I've kind of moved on to Freed and the guys who are in the rotation now. And keep in mind we still have Tuki down oh. there as well, who need he had a pretty terrible spring.
0: I think he eight two one
1: ERA. Yeah. Which so, is just
0: absolutely brutal. So he needs to
1: figure that out. And I'd like to do a stat correction on myself. I said Dan Winkler had a zero ERA in spring. Maybe I saw his batting average was zero (laughs) because it's really also in the eights and he didn't even make the team. He's going down to Gwinnett to figure some stuff out as well. So once again with Anthopolis, I appreciate the fact that just because he did it last year and he made a point on an interview he was on last week before the rotation was announced, just because he had some success last year, doesn't mean you don't have to continue to prove yourself day in and day out and that's why Sean Newcomb I think he is I mean he's still in starting rotation but he's, he's gonna have to figure out how to throw strikes and if one of these other three guys steps up while Fulton and Gossman are still out Newt could be in trouble
0: yeah and he struggled with walks all spring he had just about as many walks as he did strikeouts and it was encouraging though because he did pitch in the final spring training game yesterday. Um, Didn't give up any walks, which was encouraging. Had 5Ks. And looked better. Still not great, but better. And, yeah, I mean, if he can't figure it out at this point, that's been a knock on him since not just last year, but the year before that has been the walk issue. And it's really going to come down to can he just keep the walks down. And it it sounds very simple, but for him it clearly isn't. And that's something that speaks to the entire Braves – Uh, pitching staff, not just the rotation but the bullpen. And we look at the bullpen too I mean, 27 walks in four division series games last year was brutal. And we know the bullpen flamed out last year. A lot of that was due to inexperience and a lot of that was due to the rotation. Not being able to go the distance enough until later in the season. But by the time they started pitching deeper into games, the bullpen was just totally flaming out. You had guys like Sam Freeman who was actually a contributor in the first half of the season flame out. You had guys like Winkler and Carl last year who were big contributors to our success weren't even on postseason rotation or postseason pitching staff last year because they were totally out of steam so it really comes down to I think this year can the rotation you know go deep enough into games and shore the load so that the bullpen can stay fresh and can the bullpen cut down their walks and can the rotation as a whole cut down their walks and can Newcomb can he become the guy that we really want him to be? And can when Folky gets healthy, can he make that progression and becoming a next-level ace? Because I think he flashed a lot of excellent things last year. His peripherals were excellent. Um, you, know, you know how, how he struggled in the, um, <clears throat> in the division series last year. And we know that, you know, as the year went on, I thought he got stronger, though. And I'm looking forward to seeing how, how he's going to come out this year once he's recovered from his injury.
1: So... While we are still on the pitching, before we move on to the offense, which I think most people would agree everyone's excited about, uh, I got some stats for you, Graham. Okay. So I'm just going to read some um, statistics here Hmm. for a few different pitchers, and I want you to tell me which... Of these pitchers you would prefer to have on your team. This would be fun. I'm sure the answer is going to be Sam Freeman on all of them. But, you know. Ready? Yeah. Pitcher one had a 5.54 ERA in nine games. All right. So a reliever, I would assume. How many innings pitched? 50 innings pitched. Gave up 55 hits. Hmm. Had 33 walks to 20 strikeouts. Okay. So, So that's... 20 strikeouts and 50 innings. And 33 walks. Yes. All right. I don't want him on my team automatically, but continue. Pitcher two, 548 ERA in 12 games. Pitched 64 innings. Gave up 33 walks and 37 strikeouts. Mm Mm-hmm. And then pitcher three had a 432 ERA in 30 games. Oh, sorry. 432 ERA in 19 games, gave up 100 hits in
0: 100 innings, had 57 walks to 108 strikeouts. The last guy definitely had better strikeout-to-walk numbers, but 100 hits in 100 innings I don't love. Um, I guess I'd have to go with that last one, though. The uh, 432 ERA guy in 19 games with 108 strikeouts, because those other guys were trash. Okay, so Graham's
1: going with C. And then here is just between two guys. You can have a guy who had a 561 ERA in 30 games with 181 hits in 155 innings. He had 74 walks and 101 strikeouts. Okay. The second guy had a 3-9 ERA in 31 games. He gave up 137 hits in 164 innings. He had 81 walks to 160 strikeouts. Second guy. Okay. So, Graham, the first one that I read, the guy with a five fifty-four ERA in nine games, Mm -hmm. that would be... Let me get that right... That was Tom Glavin's stats, his rookie season. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the second one I read with the 548 ERA in 12 games, that would be John Smoltz' stats in his rookie season. And the third one I read that you chose was Sean Newcomb's stats in his rookie season. I uh, see. And there's a grander point here. And the second one that I thought also was pretty powerful um, with because the first one, 561 ERA in 30 games. Um, second one, 39 ERA in 31 games. You chose the second one, also Sean Newcomb. The first one that you said was trash, I believe, would be Greg Maddox's stats, his second year in the league. Wow. So I mean you look at the like even the walks um in 155 innings, Maddox had 74 walks, Nuke in 164 innings had 81 walks. Not that big of a difference, about even as well. Um so the grander point here is the social media era that we live in that you micro-judge everyone so instantly. Where back in the day when these guys were pitching, they didn't have that type of pressure on them, and they had the chance to develop into the pitchers that they are now. So Sean Newcomb, rookie year, second year, that's still a development-type year. So, and people are so quick to dismiss him just because it seems like he walked a lot, but when you look at those Hall of Famers, maybe it wasn't so much. So... That was just a little exercise I wanted to do with you, Graham, to uh, make sure you don't give up on Sean Newcomb just oh, I'm, yet.
0: I'm not giving up on him at all. What and are your initial thoughts I to, think to that I exercise? have I have some some counterpoints to what you just said. Uh, one, I – well, first, before I get to my counterpoints, I will agree in the sense that Sean Newcomb is far from a finished product. He's still in his 20s, for God's sake. Um, has flashed excellence before, as we know, in that near – perfect game or no-hitter or whatever the heck it was last year against the Dodgers, and he pitched well overall last year until he started to flame out after that game, Um, we saw a progression from him, and he looked a lot better. And for anyone to think that he is done and over with and has, and even though he's had a poor spring training, that we should just cast him into the fire is foolish, and I don't think we should do that. I will also make this point, though, and there's where I start countering you, that to compare anyone... The big three is futile, even though I know what you're trying to do. Because how many times, and I appreciate that you didn't say this, that, oh, we could have the next Tom Glavin or Smoltz or Maddox or any of that thing, because we've been hearing that since those guys left the team. And we've been hearing that even when Smoltz was on the team during his Twilight years that, oh, you know, uh, well, Chris Medlin's the next Greg Maddox and uh, Tommy Hansen's, you know, the next John Smoltz from the left handed side. and. Blah, 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 blah. And we've been hearing that for years. So I appreciate you didn't do that. But it is hard to compare anyone to the big three at this stage in their career, even though I know you're comparing just where they were in those first couple of years. I don't like to think about that because that's almost an unfair comparison for Sean Newcomb, even though I know his peripherals are better.
1: Yeah, no, I'm not not saying he's going to be anything close to them. I'm just saying these Hall of Fame pitchers struggled their first and second years in the league. Right. And most of them, looking at their stats, it was the third year. That's where they took off. Uh, I think Smoltz won the Cy Young in his third year in the league. Mm. So this should be the year for Nuke, like to sink or swim, I think. Okay. Um, I'll put a little more pressure on him this year as well. I just thought that was quite interesting.
0: No, that puts things into context a little bit that we, we can't be so quick to judge even after one season or two seasons. Hell, Almost even three. I mean, even though I would agree with you that it's kind of like rubber has to meet the road at some point. Think about uh, Jake Arrieta. Sucked with the Baltimore Orioles.
1: Yeah.
0: Goes to the Cubs, becomes a Cy Young winner after, what, five or six years in the league? I mean, he's still and he's still a good pitcher. He's not where he was, but, um, you know, guys make these weird runs sometimes later on in their careers or, you know, in the mid- middle point of their careers when... They haven't shown that much, or maybe they've shown flashes. So, yeah, there's no reason to go up on Sean Newcomb. I totally agree with that. And uh, I just think I look at the the depth of the, uh, the bullpen right now with Mentor and O'Day, who you're relying on to be probably your – you know, O'Day was definitely sixth, seventh inning, probably seventh inning, and Mentor is your co-closer, with Vizcaíno, both down. So it's sort of like where does that leave the bullpen now? Caino is obviously the clear closer, but in the middle innings. I don't know, man. Who do you rely on? Shawnee Ventures is your eighth inning guy right now.
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm de- like I said last week, I'm definitely concerned about it. And this is the last thing I'm gonna say on Kimbrell. Um I just don't understand. He's down to wanting three years, reportedly. No financial numbers though, in terms yeah. of what he wants. has been reported. But nonetheless. Like it would just lengthen our bullpen so much. It's a clear need. We've had injuries to an already questionable bullpen. A lot of the pieces are in place right now. Adding Kimbrel would make the offseason a massive success. Uh, I, I just truly don't get it. I don't know. Did you listen to Anthopolis' 680 The Fan interview today? No. <laughs> There were mixed reviews of it on, on the Reddit, the Braves page on Reddit, but what I took out of it was that he's just handcuffed, either by McGurk or Liberty Media, which is nothing new. Um, but someone said something along the lines of they think McGurk told him that early in the offseason, it was like, if you, you can go and sign a Bryce Harper or a Manny Machado. But that's your only big free agent signing you'll ever be able to do because we're not going to raise the budget above that. And if it flames out, then you're screwed out of your job. So I I think the guy's just handcuffed and he's working with what he can do. But I, I don't get this Kimbrell situation if it's just three years.
0: Yeah, and you're probably right. Maybe it was the Josh Donaldson thing. Maybe that was his one big free agent signing and that's all he can do. Yeah, Which sucks and goes back to why Liberty Media is the worst owner. Uh, that you can possibly have a faceless corporation that's more concerned with their bottom line and their and their bullshit revenue, as opposed to putting out a winning product on the baseball field. And you know what? I'll tell you this: you want to earn some revenue, you want to fill up the battery, invest in your team, invest in your team. If you do that, more people are going to come, and you're going to make more money. It's uh, it's pretty simple economics. I know you got to you have a lot of uh, debt you got to pay off and things like that because of the battery and. You're expanding the battery and all this other crap, but I mean, I can't stand Liberty Media. I think as long as Liberty Media is in control of the Braves, they will never win a World Series because we can't make these moves like this to put us over the top because we're handcuffed by this greedy, corporate, faceless uh, leadership group. And Terry McGurt can say all he wants about he controls all the stuff and all the decisions with um, the team. He's been saying that for years, but that's total horseshit. That's total horseshit. And and they, they, have, they have hamstrung this franchise. And there's a big reason, I think, why we lost, why there was a lot of interest lost in the Braves from the glory days of the 90s and the early 2000s is because we started getting cheaper. We didn't put as competitive a product on the field. And it was just sort of like more of the same. And we got mediocre and we got soft. And we got to a point basically where that was the expectation, unfortunately, as opposed to the expectation of competing for World Series every year. And as long as we're with this, this group, we, we will never truly compete, in my opinion. And that's a damn shame because this is a talented talented roster that we have overall. We just need a couple more pieces to help us help push us over the top. I was on board with you until you said we'll never truly compete because we competed last year and we're competing right now. No, we'll never compete for a World Series. We'll never be a serious World Series contender. We will not be what the Red Sox were last year. We'll not be what the Astros were. It just won't happen. Because those teams, even though they built a lot from within, they're still able to go out and acquire – the free agent, or the trade, the push-mover top, the Astros with Justin Verlander. Okay. The Red Sox with I, J.D. Martinez. I got you. The, the,
1: I, the, I can't do this conversation anymore. We've had it 17 times this offseason. I'm seasons. just glad
0: you agree now.
1: Let's, but I want to, I want to do another exercise here. And I've got here the general information line for Liberty Media. Oh. Are you willing to call them on air and just very politely ask Say you're a concerned stockholder and you're interested in why they're not investing more in their baseball team in Atlanta.
0: Okay. Okay, Am I going to have to talk to a real person or is it going to be a voice? We'll find out. Oh, Jesus. Thank you for calling Liberty Media's investor line. Please visit our website at www.LibertyMedia.com
1: to view latest press releases, earnings information, and cost basis information. If you're calling for an investor package, you can obtain the information from our website, or if mailing is preferred, please leave detailed address after the tone. If you have questions on Liberty's financials, please leave your name, firm, and callback number. For all other non investor related questions, please dial 720 875
0: investor-related zero, 00. I would agree. Record your message at the tone. You when you are finished, hang up
1: or press pound for more options.
0: Hello, this is Dontrell Willis uh, with Atlanta's own investor group firm, if you will. Uh, we're very pleased by the uh, revenue that you released in your quarterly uh, reviews. And we definitely made some serious money. However, we're a little concerned that you're not investing enough of that money back into your fine baseball team here in Atlanta. And as a, as a local boy, uh, as, as Mr. Willis, as Dontrell Willis, I really want to know why that is. Why are we not putting more, more money back in the team to generate more revenue for all of the stockholders? I think that would be a, a really great thing to do, and we should go sign Craig Kimbrell immediately. Thank you, and good night. Great work, Graham.
1: (laughs) Graham's got a smile on his face, ladies and gentlemen. That was fun. Because he finally got to let his thoughts known to our faceless owner. Our our corporate overlords. And I think if enough Braves fans do this... Why don't you give them the number? Why don't we give them the number? Okay. That's a great idea, Graham. We'll do us us at Atlanta... We at Atlanta's Owned. Yes. We'll do the the heavy lifting for you, In the of Atlanta. Zone. So, if you would also like to call, and uh, you know, just leave a polite message. I don't
0: see how I would restrain myself, folks. I didn't curse. Yeah, that, see,
1: that's how you get done. Kill them with kindness. That's they how say. you get done. Get done. <laughs> damn it, get done. Uh, give them a call at eight seven 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 two fifteen eighteen, and let them know your thoughts as well.
0: Yeah, but that's the thing that just frustrates me, man. It's just thought we we're done with Liberty Media. We but. are. I just want them to stop lying. That's it. Back up energy, Graham. We'll try. Moving on to our offense. Let's move on our offense. Let's get a little excited for that. Albies is going to be hitting first against lefties. lefties. I still don't like that, man. Until he shows he can actually take a pitch, I really hate that. that, that, that I mean, if, he's, he's not, if he doesn't have his mojo going, that's like an auto out. I mean, we saw that last year when he was fading down the stretch. I know it's a totally different time. And he's hopefully progressed, but I really don't like that.
1: Well, how about you see how it plays out, Graham? Okay, we'll see. How Have it you plays been watching out. every spring training game? No. Have you seen the improvement or recognized that he understands that? I know he's adjusted. He, his, he did fade uh, last yeah. year. No, I know
0: he's been very good about owning up to that. It's just I don't know uh, if that's the right if that's the right move. I'm very critical of that move. Putting a guy with low on base from last year at the top of your order half the time, or maybe not half the time, but whenever there's a left-handed pitcher. I just think that's that's a mistake. Okay. Yeah, I think that's a bad move. I uh, I, I like the offense overall, we've got a little preview of that over the last couple of games. Uh, Dansby Swanson had a good spring and limited action, Had 350, over 350, I believe, had two opposite field home runs in the Cincinnati series at home. Which is unbelievable because not only –
1: are they the first opp of opposite field home runs he's hit in the major leagues, spring training, or regular season? They're the first opposite field home runs he's ever hit in his life. Jesus, according to him. Wow, yeah, that's insane. So he might be got to get somewhat excited about just because that's great progress. They've has been working with him. He kind of had his have his has his bat back up like he did with Acuna, mm. where Dansby was wrapping it around, and just that wrist is strong now. I mean. It was hurt pretty much all of last year. So, I mean, him going oppo, that's very encouraging to me.
0: Yeah, that's good to see. And he had a good spring. And the wrist seems healthy, which is good because where we will get the most value for Dans- from Dansby is from his defense. I mean, I think even if he is a better hitter this year than he was in previous years, I think where he makes his bread and butter is with his glove play, which was excellent last year. But if he's just...
1: If he improves offensively and coming out of our 8th spot, it's going to be a tough lineup to get through. Yeah, that'll be big. And, and if to have big. him on base once you get to the top of the order with
0: Ender and Donaldson and Freddie. Yeah. And I know better than to bet against Tyler Flowers like I've done the last two years, so I'm not going to bet against him. Watch this be the year he finally starts fading out a little bit in terms of overachieving for what his peripherals are. And if McCann is healthy enough, like he says he is, and he had a very good spring too, um, he could be a totally different player than he was last year. A lot of people are referring to, oh, he only hit like 208 last year, shitty on base, this, 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 that, and the third. But he was banged up the whole year. He wasn't the player he normally is. And yes, he is 35 and has a lot of mileage on those legs, but we know what a healthy Brian McCann can do, and he's still got to have a little pop left. And uh, there's a reason he came back to Atlanta. And I don't think if he was just a shell of himself that he would have come back here to try to, as he said, win a championship. So I'm looking forward to seeing what Mac does. And regardless of how he does it, will be nice from a nostalgia standpoint to see him, even I know that doesn't help much. But I think the leadership he'll bring to the clubhouse is great. You can't measure that. But we know what he did for that young Houston Astros ball club that he helped lead to a World Series. It wasn't just his play. It was it was what he taught how he taught the young players to go about the business that really catapulted them up and over the hurdle to win the championship when they did I think in 2017 so and specifically the young pitchers that he can help out oh yeah totally and he's the perfect guy to come here and 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 uh, I was about to say neuter the staff nurture the staff and maybe neuter them when they need to be neutered uh, he's not afraid to call out people uh flowers has also you know been very good with the uh with the guys with the with the pitch and rotation and I think and flowers has also been very good with the rotation but I think Mac Having been an everyday catcher for most of his career, has played in the in the at the largest stage, of the World Series, been a seven time All Star, all this bullshit that you hear about is valuable to experience that he can impart on these guys. Can you imagine if we had Mac on the team last year with that uh, Urania shit when he hit? Oh, he would have gone nuts. He might have yeah. just he might have broken him over his knee. He I'm going to get so
1: fired up the first moment like that we have this year, and Mac
0: yeah. just gets in somebody's mm-hmm. face. Yeah, definitely. And another guy I'm I'm looking forward to seeing is is Camargo and how he reacts to being displaced. I mean, even though he is going to play a lot this year, he has been displaced. He was a starting third baseman in a very good season, uh, excellent defense and, uh, wherever he played, uh, mashed lefties. I mean, if you look at his splits compared to Mookie Betts' splits last year against left-handers, they're almost identical. Not not with the home runs, but just in terms of like on base, average and slugging. I mean it was it's it's it was incredible to, to see that. And yeah, and just for a guy who was a fixture in the in the starting lineup now to not really have a home, how is he gonna react to that? Is that gonna motivate him to even go more ape shit this year? I mean I think, you know, this is a guy in his prime too. He's like a a more powerful Martin Prado in a sense. Maybe not quite as good defensively, but has that versatility to play anywhere you want him on the field, maybe minus catcher and have some pop in his bat and absolutely destroy lefties. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he does this year, and I hope he gets 500 at-bats because that means that we're utilizing our bench effectively, getting guys rest, and you know, and that's not going to be viewed as much as a weakness anymore because of Donaldson's signing. Or it means that somebody had a massive injury and didn't play the whole season. And that could also happen, and I think that's not ideal. No, it's not, and I think you have to look at Josh Donaldson there a little bit and be somewhat concerned Um, with that situation because he has been banged up the last couple years. Definitely last year more so than the year before. But hasn't played a full season, I think, three years. And even though we know what he can do when he's on. I mean, even the second half of last year when he got traded to the Indians, he was a monster because he finally got healthy. But still gives you cause for pause. I mean, that's you're pretty much basing your whole offense to a degree. In terms of if you look at the offense last year and this year, the biggest addition, obviously, is Donaldson. And how well he can play is, is to me, it's going to take this team. If he, if he plays up to his potential, it's going to put us over the top. We're going to be an offense to be reckoned with. But if he is injured or is sluggish or doesn't come out of the gate strong and just has a mediocre season, we're not going to be the offensive juggernaut, I don't think. We're still going to be solid, but he's really the X factor to me and how well we do. We know what Cunha's going to rake. I don't think anyone's discounting that. I mean, he's going to be an absolute beast. We know what we get from Freddie Freeman, the best pure hitter in the National League to me. Um, you know, we hopefully we're getting a good ender, ender in Ciarte this year that has a more consistent season and can get on base a little more. And uh, Marquez is going to be solid. But what the heck is going to happen with Donaldson? Is he going to be the MVP caliber player, or is he going to be injured or mediocre? So Donaldson's your X Factor. He's my X Factor. More so than Acuna, because I expect Ronald Acuna to be an MVP caliber player. I expect Freddie Freeman to do the same. But if you have another guy in there that can that can put up that level of production or similar, this is, this is a line to be reckoned with, okay. especially in the top half of the order.
1: You know what the best news about all this, Graham? We're actually watching this in like 17 hours. Yeah. It's not hearsay anymore. Right. We're going to begin to find out, begin to see how good Donaldson is, begin to see how Snitker gets Culberson and Camargo into the game, see
0: what, if anything, he does differently with the bullpen this year. I was about to say, I'm, I'm most interested in seeing how he's going to handle the bullpen because I, I wonder, especially with the injuries, yeah, I don't. Who, who's he going with? I, I have no idea in, in those middle innings. Is there going to be a, 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 a fixture in, in the bullpen in the sense of every guy knows their role or is it going to be whatever? You know, is it going to be just sort of sporadic? I, I, I'm, I'm kind of fascinated to to, to to, hear that or to see that play out.
1: We'll find out. And then the other little roster, end of the bench guys, um, Matt Joyce, who we signed last week, mm. appears to be the guy who's going to take that fourth outfielder role because my boy Adam Duvall truly does suck. <laughs> um, you are so, so excited hey, for him. He's going to play for the Stripers. And Gwinnett. And his like age thirty season get full playing time. See if you can figure out whatever the hell his issue is, and maybe it's just what he need. It's a good depth piece to have in AAA, if anything. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm done with him. That's fine. You 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 get done with a lot of things before the season even starts. So I'm not I'm not stressing about just you being at, done with looking it.
0: Looking at the track record again.
1: Um, what else we got going on? Yeah, like we said, West Parsons had a phenomenal spring. Did not give up a run. Didn't in
0: like. 17, 17 innings. 17 innings, or something,
1: innings like that. something crazy. So, um, is that a guy that comes
0: in late in the game? He could be an X Factor. Yeah. Is he going to be a sixth inning guy? Is going to be an eighth inning guy? Uh, is this real? You know, is this one of those things where it's just a nice spring training story and they starts really pitching in the big leagues on a regular basis well, and just gets destroyed? Do you remember his like
1: call up game last year? I do not. He got called up. And we were just on like a brutal stretch of like 20 something games in a row and we had a double header and we we're Anibal got hurt in, mm. like, the first game. So we'd already been just, like, going through our bullpen, and this, like, guy making his debut comes in in, like, the second inning and just guts his way through, like, five innings, gives up one run or something. And, like, oh, Fr- yeah. Freddie was just complimenting him after the game, saying we just needed that. Sometimes you just need a guy like that to just take over. I mean, he, he was going to stand that game even if he gave up ten runs. Right. You know, but – um so he's got a little bit of experience last year, but hopefully he can step it up this year for sure.
0: What do you expect out of Acuna? I know I'm sort of very high on him. I, I think he's going to be at least a seven-war player. Uh, I think he's going to hit 35 homers. I think he's going to hit over 300, have a 500 slugging percentage, 400-plus on base. I think he's going to be an absolute monster. I think this is going to be a true coming-off party for him this year. But I, I wonder if – are your expectations as high or are you – tempering your expectations a little bit because we're all a little lost in the hype. Yeah, they're definitely as high. If anything, I'm I'm expecting 40-plus home runs for the guy. Jesus, God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a monster, man. Yeah. And I think that's the thing I keep thinking about with Donaldson, putting him in the two-hole. I mean, if you get him on base a lot, if he's able to be that great on-base guy that he's been in his career, and you got Freddie, who's always been a wonderful – have a wonderful on base percentage every year, and you get those two guys on base, you could get in trouble in a hurry against this lineup because you got Acuna and you got nowhere to put him, mama. Yeah. Like if those guys have excellent seasons, and I to expect Frey too. But Donaldson does, yeah. we are in business because this offense just went from good to great to me because the the set, back half of the order is a little up and down. I mean, we hope Ozzy always makes that progression, but we don't know. We hope Dansby can be a little better, but we don't know. We hope the catchers can provide. You know, good production, but we don't know. We know what we're getting out of Freddie, and we know what we're getting out of Acuna. But Donaldson can truly set the stage there at the two hole. I'm not even thinking about ender; I'm just thinking about the two, three, four right now. Those guys, all three, are the key to us having a great offense this year.
1: And I don't hate Markakis hitting fifth after Acuna either. I, I do- like him a lot more at fifth than fourth last year.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would ag- I would agree he's better in the fifth hole. I wish, still wish, we could have gotten another. Player, you're
1: uh, going to see Mick Mar- Nick Nick Marquez out there tomorrow, and you're going to just be
0: sad that you said bad things about I'm him. I'm not saying that he's bad. I like Marquez a lot. I just think he could have done something better to make the corner outfield spot. Think, imagine if we had traded for Mitch Haniger. You have Haniger at your fifth hole. Now you're really cooking. That guy's going to have a broken femur this year. Okay.
1: When's the last time someone came out of Seattle and did anything in any other city besides Seattle? Alex Rodriguez. Yeah, Randy did, Johnson. He did steroids, though. Randy Johnson did do steroids. Okay, so you got the 90s. Yeah. Got the
0: 90s cornered. And Robbie can He went to Seattle. He went to Seattle, that's true. And he's going to the Mets, so he's probably going to tear his Achilles <laughs> week, yeah. week two because they had the worst off-season uh, condition in the history of baseball. Yeah. So, Adam, what do you think about guys like Ozzy and Ender who had up-and-down seasons last year? Um, you know, obviously Ender's second half resurgence. Ozzy first half, you know, he was just a – bolt of lightning out of the gate. What do you think is going to happen with these guys this year? Are they going to be able to put together consistent season off, seasons offensively? We know their defensive prowess, but offensively. How I mean, Ozzy is a huge
1: talent, and a lot of teams would love to have Ozzie Albies right now. And I feel like I've said this multiple times, but, I mean, he he learned a lot from last year. I mean, it was his sophomore year technically yes, uh, last year, and pitchers figured him out after that huge first half, and he got a little too Homer happy. So, the adjustments have been made, and I expect a big season from Ozzie. Not necessarily those same power numbers he was putting up the first half, but we don't really need that from him either. Right. Um, yeah. Ender will be Ender. We'll see. Um, there's a couple guys could be on the hot seat if they do struggle, because we do have a Camargo that we can plug in anywhere in the field. So... We can't really afford that slugger start from him that he's known for.
0: Yeah, and I think especially those two provide such excellent defensive value that I don't think they're in jeopardy of losing their jobs. But in terms of where they hit in the lineup, I think that is a question that we'll be asking a lot if, if they're not performing up to, up to uh, expectations. Especially in their dual leadoff roles, right? Yeah.
1: So we'll see. how I mean, if, if they're not doing well, there's going to be adjustments for who's hitting leadoff. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm just stoked about Dansby, man.
0: Yeah, yeah. I really like the new uh, batting stance, and I like what he's I like what he's done in the spring training, and we know he's going to be great defensively if he's a solid piece in the 8-hole. I mean, he's probably never going to be what we expected when we traded for him uh, when we got him in Tukey in that Shelby Miller deal. But I think he still has a chance to contribute to this team. I mean, he did contribute a lot defensively. I think one of the reasons that we were so good last year was we were an excellent defensive team. And we should also be an excellent defensive team this year. That's one of the biggest strengths of this ball club.
1: Donaldson's solid at third base, right? I yeah. I don't really know much about his yeah. defense.
0: He's not as good as Camargo. He's not as limber, but he's played solid defense for the majority of his career. Yeah. So, Adam, with all that being said, uh, in summary, great defensive team, hopefully great offensive team. Question marks in terms of rotation in the bullpen, but hopefully young guys come through. Where do you see the Braves in a very competitive NL East by the season's end? Around 90 wins. 90 to 92 wins. Yeah, I hope we can get to 92 wins at M. I think that would be fantastic. I think, unfortunately, though, due to how competitive the NL East is and how much better I believe that the Nationals and Phillies collectively, their pitching staffs are, than us, that we'll probably be in the mid-80s to high-80s in terms of wins. I still don't see how the Phillies have a better pitching staff than us. Uh, Minus an th- A's. They have, they have an ace. They have a, a solid number two in Jake Arrieta. Nick Cavetta is a good three. And their bullpen's very good. And they added Dave Robertson. And Hector Neris looked great. Uh, Sarah Anthony Dominguez had a, had a very good year last year. They have a lot of guys that they can rely on, and they've solidified their bullpen in the offseason with a couple of other free agent acquisitions. So I think they look good. The Nationals are always overhyped. And of course they had you know the dream team last year too, and they didn't do that well. So who the hell knows? I mean, you know, it's it's just a subjective take. But I think that our our pitching staff lags behind those two, and that's gonna hurt us. I think our defense is a hell of a lot better than the Phillies defense, and I think it's better than the Nationals. I think we have probably the arguably the best defensive team in the National League. And that's gonna help the pitching staff out a lot, but I don't think it's gonna be enough. What about coaching? I'm not as I think I think we do have great. Clubhouse chemistry. And we saw what happened with Gabe Kapler last year with the Phillies. They sort of just, everybody, you know. He's a loser. In, right. It was sort of an implosion around around him. And same thing with the Nationals. They, they really imploded. With, I can't remember who the hell their manager is anymore. I, I have no idea, honestly, if he came up and. Slip my throat. I'd be like, who the hell was that guy? As I made out in the middle of the street. Uh, so I don't know. So I think, yeah, the, the, that's one thing that I've been noticing is, is reading articles this offseason that this Braves team really loves each other. Uh, they believe in Snicker. They believe in each other. And that can go a long, a long way. Um, but just looking at it on paper, I think they they have the advantage pitching. And I think that's going to hurt us. And I think we can claw for a wild card spot. But it's going to be really hard. And I don't really have any expectations for us to advance um, anywhere in the postseason if we make it. I think it'll be another classic Braves one and done, regardless of where we wind up, if we get to the playoffs. And I think it'll be due to us not improving the pitching staff in any considerable measure in the offseason. So, Graham, l- let me
1: ask you this question. But, well, before I move on to that, I'll mention that Hugo predicted the team to finish 79-82. and 82. Jesus, I don't think it's that bleak. <laughs> but... Isn't the whole point of beginning of a fresh Major League season, and I understand you're being subjective and all that, but
0: are you, are you excited about the season? I'm very excited. I'm ready to hang up my Braves flag okay. that I got. Like I'm going to do it tomorrow. So, so you're excited for the season Oh, I'm start. all in, man. As much as I hate But don't you have hopes and dreams? Oh, of course. I think it would be wonderful if Ronald Acuna wins the MVP and Kyle Wright wins Rookie of the Year and we win the win the East by like 10 games and make a World Series run. I want That's that what I'm all talking about. to happen.
1: Just stop it off right there. Whatever you're about to say, just cut it. I want that. Okay, perfect.
0: But That's great to hear. Ah!
1: Okay, all right, all right. So that's what that's grabs thoughts on the season. That's that's, that's great. I, I love hearing a take. That's that. That's what come. I want. I don't think it's going to happen. Well, that's what the season's for. We'll find out. But I, I'm happy that you want that.
0: Oh yeah, no, I, I'm, and I hope that happens. For and you as Graham. much as I hate our ownership group, I will be loyal to the Braves until I die, either by liquor or by the Nationals coach slitting my throat in the middle of the night. <laughs> be
1: like, what oh, the fuck was that?
0: Those are your only two options. <laughs> that's really it.
1: All right. Stoked for tomorrow, though. Yeah. What,
0: what are we doing for the game tomorrow, Graham? It's a great question, and let's not talk about that on air in case someone hears me at work. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I think we've covered all of our, our brave stuff we need to go over, and I think we can transition to the Hawks. <clears throat> They're winning too much, Adam. Yeah, it's it's getting scary. It's getting really scary with the Mavericks. But let's talk about the good stuff first. Three-game winning streak. Two of those wins have been against potential playoff teams. Uh, definitely one playoff team, at least with the 76ers, with an incredible buzzer beater by Trey Young. To beat who many think is one of the favorites in the East, along with the Bucks. But at the buzzer on Saturday night, Trey Young goes for 32-11 and, and puts the team on his back once again to carry us to victory against a quality opponent.
1: Do you care about this uh, Rookie of the Year stuff at all? No.
0: Because once again, as we talked about, um, Rookie of the Year, MVP, Cy Young are all just a bunch of sports writers getting together and having a pissing contest of the guy they like the most. It's a subjective award. The only thing that, I'm at that matters is winning championships. So I don't give a damn who wins the Rookie of the Year. It doesn't mean anything. They're both – Luca and Trey are both excellent players. They can be co-rookies of the year for like here. Neither one of them can win for like here. I don't give – I really don't give a shit. Yeah, like I'm, it doesn't matter to me.
1: I'm in the same boat as you. Um, did you hear about – Somebody wrote an article about it. I, I should start remembering who writes things and give them credit, but that's probably not going to happen. Um, about how... What's the commissioner's name? Oh, Adam Silver. Oh, yeah. Did you hear about how Adam Silver is like, for his sake, if there's going to be a fix to be put in... For someone to get the number one pick, you know, like they've done in the past with the Cavs. Oh, yeah. This is a
0: Sports Illustrated article. Sports Illustrated. I can't remember who wrote it, but it's from a Sports Illustrated article. Oh, that's pretty good then. Yeah.
1: Uh, Halfway there. Bottom line, if there's going to be a fix, it should be for the Hawks. Because that, they're not tanking. They're rebuilding the right way, which is what Adam Silver wanted by putting in the new lottery rules that he did. And... It would just be amazing. Like Atlanta is a huge basketball city, is what the NBA needs to counteract these mega teams.
0: Yeah, that would be great. However, it's getting dicey, Adam. We're only two and a half games up or down to the Mavericks. We're, but, on, we're on the Mavericks' tail. So we, we have seven games left, I believe, and they have eight? Something like
1: that. And put it here's another way to look at it, Graham. The magic number is six. Any combination of Hawks' losses and Mavs' wins equaling six, we still end up fifth and they're sixth.
0: Yeah, I will say this, and this is some good news. Our last uh, seven games against the Trailblazers, have a very good team. The Bucks who are the best team in the East. The Spurs, who have a great team out West, who just took down at the At San Antonio? At San Antonio. Who just We've took never down the won morning. there. This would be the time we would win, probably. Of course. Um, against the 76ers, again at home. Against the Magic who we've lost to all year, against the Bucks again, and against the Pacers, who I really don't know anything about. So hopefully you're only looking at one win against the Pacers. And that's it. And if that happens, we're all good. We just need to really, really consider losing as much as possible. And I hate to say that because I love seeing us compete against these these teams, these really good teams, and winning. I absolutely love it. But we cannot screw ourselves by not giving us a shot at Zion. Like, if, if that happens, what the worst, most true to Atlanta thing that could possibly happen here is that we win, like, five of our last seven, the Mavs lose out, and then... They get the number one pick. Get, <laughs> no, yeah, they get the number one pick, and we don't get their pick that we traded Luka for to get Trey Young. That would be easily the most true to Atlanta thing that's ever happened.
1: It's up to fate at this point,
0: Graham. That's really up to uh Travis Slink and your boy Lloyd Pierce to take it easy because at this point there's nothing there's nothing left to prove, they're not gonna do there's it. There's nothing left to prove, just just They've, slam the play. That uh, who's who's our backup point guard? I can picture him, I can't think of him. I know name. that's the thing. Uh, Jalen Collins, I think. Jalen Adams. Jalen Adams, sorry. Yeah, uh, It's like a hybrid between John Collins and Jalen. Anyways, play Jalen Adams. Start him a couple of games. It would be a clear tank move, but we cannot risk this. This is getting very, very dicey. Well, it's not like us getting the fifth
1: spot guarantees us Zion. Like, no, the but the odds still aren't great for us to get the no, number one No, but pit. we
0: are in – we have a chance. Wouldn't you rather have a chance than not have a chance?
1: But you still have a chance at six to get Zion no, too. No, it's
0: only the top five teams are in the are in the uh, draft or in the lottery. I don't think that's true. Are you sure about that? Positive.
1: The difference between so here, let's read the full percentages, Graham. All right, if you are the worst team. The first three seeds have a 14% chance of getting the number one pick. So the three worst teams in the league. Correct. The fourth seed is 12.5%. The fifth seed is 10.5%. And then if we're the sixth seed, it's 9%. Okay. To get the number one pick. Does it keep going after that? Uh, It keeps dropping. Uh, Yeah. For the first 14 teams. Okay. So,
0: yeah, the 14th team could get Zion. Okay. All right. But well, it makes me feel a little better. Still, I'd rather be fifth than sixth, and I'd rather keep that damn Mavericks pick than, uh, than lose it. So,
1: Yeah, I mean, I, obviously, and especially since the Mavs are going to be a lot better next year, and we would still get their pick, but they're not going to be – they might not even be in the lottery next year.
0: Right. And unfortunately, the Mavericks have a rough schedule as well, I and mean, they have a pretty easy game tomorrow against the Heat. Play a tough Thunder team, tough Sixers team, tough Timberwolves team. Grizzlies suck. Grizzlies again. Suns suck. Spurs. So they got three games on there that looks like they could win. Suns twice though. That's pretty good. Suns once. Grizzlies twice. Oh
1: yeah. So Grizzlies
0: suck. Yeah, but they're playing. You know, Spurs, Wolves, they're, Sixers, Thunder. That's that's tough. They're playing classic tank basketball too. Yeah, and they've been losing games that they against teams that they should win. And that's been frustrating too. Like against, I think they they lost to Cleveland. It was like the hell. So it's going to come down to the wire. It's going to be much stress, more stressful last week of the NBA season than uh, I was expecting at the forefront of this year.
1: I turned off because they were talking about that on the way to work. I was listening to 680, and then I got to work and I had 929 the game on, and they were talking about it, and I was like, I can't think about this anymore. Like I've been thinking about this for damn three, four months. It's out of my hands. It's out of everyone's hands. The Hawks are a good team. Uh, they can beat anybody. We could win out. It's this team's not gonna tank. Sorry, deal with it. I'm just gonna wait till the end of the season and see what it is, and it is what it is. It's fair take. At least I got baseball to watch
0: now. That is true. That is true. So you also, you also have uh owner who's proclaimed that Julio Jones and Gray Jarrett are going to be Falcons for life. How does it make you feel?
1: Well, see, Graham, that's the other side of the Liberty Media thing is when you have an owner who is a face, he says dumb shit sometimes.
0: Yeah, but I'd rather have him say that than have Liberty Media give me their financial reports, which leads to me calling them and leaving a uh, (laughs) pseudonym voicemail.
1: Cordial, though. Um, Yeah, him Arthur Blank talking isn't helping thomas make moves
0: no no and it kind of it's like, not wise if, to commit words like that if i was yeah. grady or Julio, i'd be like that makes me uncomfortable i mean like not to say they don't want to be falcons for life but that's kind of you can't, can't say that no i wouldn't i wouldn't be saying that i would say like things are going well we'll see what happens i want them to be here i'm not but i'm not don't make a proclamation Don't make a statement you know who else was supposed to be a falcon for life Was that michael vick well that was sort of on his own accord Imagine how different it would be if Michael Vick had been a Falcon for life and Matt Ryan had never think come think we have a Super Bowl? No. So I guess there would really be no difference. <laughs> <laughs> we we would just have probably a shittier quarterback right now. Yes. But I don't think we would have been as competitive. I think we wouldn't have won as much. We I might. agree. So, yeah, there's not much else really going on with the Falcons. Perfect. So we don't have to talk about them too much. The legends were slaughtered over the weekend. Uh we went to the game. Great tailgate. Yeah, fantastic tailgate. If you're looking for us in the blue lot, they didn't let us in the blue
1: lot because uh, I had accidentally bought a green lot pass, which was dumb. But uh, green lot was a great vibe. A lot of people down there tailgating. It yeah. felt like a real Braves game with all the line of traffic that was coming in. Um, Tons of people in Legends gear down there too. was so shocked. It was their, their record attendance that game. I found out it was like over 11,000. Which doesn't sound like a lot, but, I mean, it's just such a big stadium. Yeah. They're never going to come. Like, it it didn't look like much either. It is a weird thing to go to, man. It is
0: weird. It kind of feels, like, unholy, very unnatural. Also, like, the fact there's no ushers or anything. and You can go everywhere. Yeah, want. do what you want once you get in there. Yeah, there's no ushers, but there's tons of guys walking around with assault rifles. Like, there's tons of – Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's kind of – Puts you a little – yeah, why, why we got an assault – Guy with an assault rifle at an at a AAF game is my question. I don't know. We had a good time though, but that team's garbage. Aaron Murray, he's out of the NFL for a reason. Yeah, that was uh that was rough. Like the Apollo's were the clearly superior team. That's the Steve Spurrier led team. And it looked more athletic, uh, better offense, much better defense. Uh we we were slaughtered, what was it, 28 to 6? 26 to 6? I don't know. It was just a total beatdown. Uh, pick six by Aaron Murray. They even put old Spleen back in back in the game, which shows <laughs> Spleen. Spleen, which shows how much uh, Matt Sims. They put Matt Sims back in the game, which shows how much faith they have in Aaron Murray, even though he's the only quarterback that's led them to victory this year, which I thought was surprising. I mean, he looks. He still looked better than Spleen did. To me, <laughs> like Spleen. I don't think, even think completed a pass when he came in the game. It was it was rough. it's
1: it's it's no good.
0: Yeah, I will say this though about the AAF. Those games get over fast, I and mean, we were out of there by. Four o'clock, so it was like yeah. a two-hour game, which you got to give them the game speed. Yeah, I couldn't believe it was halftime at the time when we went into the stadium. Yeah, I thought it was like halfway through the first quarter yeah, or something. that was pretty funny. That probably also made it feel fast that we missed the first half. That's true, but <laughs> game started at two. It was over like maybe like four or five or yeah, something. Yeah, that's true. Uh,
1: but I, yeah, we'll say this. Um, if you ever want to see a Legends game... You better go out to one of these last couple ones because there was a report that came out today that it's likely the AAF is going to be one and done unless the NFL starts throwing in money to take them on as a developmental league, which I don't know if that's going to happen or not. And based off the shitty Atlanta team, I certainly would not be surprised if we never see them again.
0: Yeah, which is a shame because I did kinda I do kinda like it. Yeah, it's a good option to have. Yeah, it's more football. It's cheap to go to a game. It's it's fun. And uh it's a shame if it shuts down because then that also cuts off a lot of guys who wanna try to get to the league and cuts off their opportunity to do so. Well their T V deal just seems terrible. Like you can't
1: watch a game unless you have like CBS Sports all? Network or all access. Yeah, like if they were just on ESPN two Right. I've tried to watch multiple games, and I can't. That's an issue. Yep. Your fans should be able to access your product.
0: Indeed. Not yep. to jump through hoops to do so. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens with the Legends, but I think that's it. United didn't play this week, so they they're play, getting some they well. They play Columbus this weekend. Yeah, they, they get some, uh, well, they didn't play, well, did they play last week? No. Okay, that's what I mean. They didn't play last week, so mm. Columbus this weekend. So hopefully, uh, refreshed and rejuvenated team can go out there and get the job done. That's her first win. Love you, Frank. But I think uh, I think that's all she wrote for this week's episode of Atlanta Zone, Adam. Yeah. No. Yep. Thorough, thorough, comprehensive. Couple of laughs. Prank phone call. Yeah. What that's more could you want? Fun. I'm satisfied. Indeed. Until next time, rise up, chop on, stand brotherhood, unite and conquer. All hail ATL. Never remain true to Atlanta Hospital Hospital